listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to a, another episode of Unscripted, the film show. I'm Cecilia. I'm also joined by Lewis. Hello, uh, I'm here. Hello. hello. You sounded like you were <laughs> made <just> of rocks. <laughs> Sorry. Have you seen? Have you seen that uh, uh, the the trailer review that um, Deadpool and Korg do for Free Guy? Oh. No, yeah. no. So, Free Guys, that new film with um, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds in yeah. it. Yeah. So and also, also uh, Taika Waititi's in it as well. Yes. Yeah. So Korg and Deadpool do this trailer review of the the Free Guy trailer, and it's it's really funny. It's like yeah, you know, it just you know Deadpool's there and he goes he introduces Korg and Korg's like, "Hello, Korg, made of rocks." <laughs> I was <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, this is good. This is gold." Ah, <laughs> uh, it looks fun. It's also got um, I think her name's Jodie Comer. Kumar. Um, she's from Killing Eve. Oh, okay. Um, if you've ever seen that series uh, with Sandra O, oh I have and, not. Um, her, it's kind of a villainal, villainess kind of show. She plays a bad, bad person. Is she yeah. Eve? She no, she's uh, the the person who kind of goes after Eve. Oh, she's really um, she's a kind of assassin. Uh, from Russia and has a Russian accent throughout the entire series. I had no idea she was English. Uh, and I think she's doing is she's doing an English accent in the film or is she an American in Free Guy? I think she might have an American accent from... Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, like, I, I, I have to go back and watch yeah. the trailer. But, yeah, no, great series if you haven't seen Killing Eve. I think I finished uh, most of the season or most of the series in like a month or something. There's oh. three seasons. Um, although the fourth is not quite as strong or the most recent one. Must be very bingeable. Mm, it is very bingeable. Mm. I have a feeling it's on binge too. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be Stan. It'll be on one of those um, streaming services that I have access to. Uh, but, you know, and I'm constantly... Um, pretending to be someone else to get new yeah. access to streaming. So. Get, you've got so many Hotmail addresses, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's I'm a- like the guy from Split. I've got like 27 personalities. <laughs> um, I think there's a meme about that. Anyway, um, you won't hear the, the voice of Rachel, though, um, in studio. You may hear a sweeper of her. She, mm. um, If you weren't here last week, she is on her sabbatical, is what we're calling it, um, or all. I don't know, long service leave. Long service leave, yeah, that'll work as well. <laughs> we hope it's long service leave. No, she's just taking some time out. Yep. But, um, uh, yeah, no, so it'll just be us. Uh, so you'll just have to put up with us for the next however long it might be. Exactly. But I'm, I'm sure they, they're I'm sure they cool with that. I, I, you know, they're going, you know, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of th- it could just yeah. be one. Could just be one. Exactly. Two out of three. I mean, that's pretty good. But um, (laughs) luckily we do have a few things to talk about tonight. Uh, The big release of the night, of course, is The Suicide Squad, which is the – it's not really a direct follow-up. I I suppose – would you call it a direct follow-up to the first? I think they're kind of referring to it as a soft reboot. Soft. I like that. I think that Because there is characters in there from the first film Mm – but it's just like they're going, yeah, the first film was a bit naff, so this is us doing it again. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, going, I'm looking forward to talking about that because um, the director of the film is James Gunn, mm. who is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Volume 2. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, film to review. So, um, yeah, I, I just I, – I was – I just it came out of nowhere. It did, didn't it? To be honest yeah. with you, I was just like, you know, all of a sudden I was going, oh, yeah, Suicide Squad's coming out sometime. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, there's an invite there. I was like, wow, yeah. that's really cool. I know. So yeah, that that's exciting. So we've got that to talk about. And then there's another film I watched called We Don't Deserve Dogs. We don't deserve dogs. We really don't. We don't. Yeah. They're just magnificent mm. creatures, aren't they? So um, those are the two releases we've got. Uh, although I did, there are a few films releasing towards the end of the month. It's a big month for films, uh, to be honest. There's a film called Stillwater with Matt Damon in it. Yeah. Uh, apparently got a standing ovation when it was screened at uh, multiple film festivals. There's a, another film uh, with our friend Liam Neeson in it called uh, 
Oh, something to do with ice. I was going to say ice truckers, but I know that's not it. Um, and I really want to find out. It, it's really him in his taken role, <laughs> but on ice. Not like Disney on ice, but <laughs> <laughs> I've got to find the name of it. Ice Ice Road. It's called Ice Road. So well, I have a feeling. So you're not far off because it is Ice Road Truckers is the uh, the song of the, sorry, the, the, the TV show, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, I really want to find out a little bit about, I actually don't know anything about this film, <laughs> Ice Road, but that's coming after, out. After a remote diamond mine collapse in the far north regions of Canada, an ice driver leads an implausible rescue mission over a frozen ocean to save lives of trapped miners despite thawing waters and the threat they may never see coming. Yeah, such a Liam Neeson <laughs> film. It's an um, orca, he, isn't it? They might see? even have to fight <laughs> off some wolves. No. <laughs> might be a... Uh, whatever that film where he fought wolves was part two. Uh, but, yeah, and then there's a film called The Night House, which looks really up my alley. Uh, it's a, it looks like a bit of a horror um, or a thriller. So uh, it's got Rebecca Hall in it, a chilling edge of your seat psychological thriller in which a widow begins to uncover her deceased husband's disturbing secrets. Uh, so that sounds really good. That's also coming out later in the year. And uh, Annette is one that I'm really looking forward to because I spoke about the Sparks Brothers recently mm-hmm. uh, as being these two guys who have influenced so many musicians through the course of their 50-year career and not knowing anything about them. And they've actually been working on this film called Annette, uh, which stars Adam Driver. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that film too. So uh, Adam Driver plays Henry, a provocative stand-up comedian with a fierce sense of humour who falls in love with Anne, uh, played by Marion Cotillard. So, uh, yeah, that looks really, really really interesting. Is Free Guy coming out next week? I believe it is, yeah, possibly. Because that's one of the weird things because I don't think Disney is doing uh, preview screenings at the moment. I don't think so. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird. Their, their films just drop and uh, you're like, oh, okay, fine. Um, yeah, it is bizarre because mm. I feel like this one should be a big cinema release, but is it going to just drop straight to Disney? Is that the plan? No, no, no. I think this is just going uh, to sit to movie to theaters. Oh, without without being going to previewed. Disney Plus because ah. the because um, Disney Plus like they've had several films where it's not it's not day and date they drop on Disney Plus. Usually it's like they'll go on Disney Plus on the Wednesday mm-hmm. and then they'll come out on uh, uh, so they'll go to the cinemas on the Wednesday, come out on Disney Plus on the Friday. Yep. So. The movie has a couple of days in the cinemas before it goes on to uh, the, the premium access. Where, oh, like Jungle Cruise did. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, Which I actually did see in cinemas, by the way. Oh, very I, well done. Um, I did go and see it yeah. at the comfy cinemas. So. <laughs> um, but we're actually going to be doing a um, Tangent City episode we on, are. on Jungle Cruise. So you'll have to just wait for that one to drop before you – well, you reviewed it last week as well. So I'm always telling you because we're going to do Jungle Cruise and Black Widows uh, Tangent City spoilers. Mm. I'm almost tempted to do a spoiler for the Suicide Squad as well. It's possibly more timely, isn't it? Mm. Because it's just released, whereas the others have been out for quite a mm. while now. So it probably makes more sense. Yeah. To do a Suicide Squad one. True. I think so we should do all three. I think why that'd be great. not? Why not? Oh, listeners must be so thrilled right now at the thought <laughs> of that. So, um, yeah, there you go. Did. Did you uh, – I don't think we discussed this last week. I don't know if the, the news had actually broken. Um, um, I don't think the news had broken when we were doing the show last week, but uh, we didn't discuss uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney uh, for um, more money uh, for the Black Widow film. No, we didn't. Did I think that did kind of break maybe – it might have been Friday – Friday. Oh, Friday, yeah, 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 potentially. Which is it's, it's kind of an interesting because we spoke a little bit about it on uh, um, Diz Down Under, but it's an interesting situation because uh, Scarlett Johansson has had a contract with Disney mm-hmm. to uh, star in and produce the uh, the Black Widow film. Yeah. Now, as part of her deal, and this is sometimes people have this written into their their contracts, they get a certain percentage of the profits of the film, and that gets added onto their you know appearance fee. Uh. And so, even though you know Scarlett Johansson made twenty million dollars for doing the film, 
uh, with the you know, additional percentage of profits, she could have made up to $60 million uh, in total. I did say 20, 20 million, didn't I? Uh, I said no. You, initially, she gained twenty million. Twenty million, yeah. So initially, twenty million, and potentially sixty million, depending oh. on how well the the movie does at the box office. Now, yeah. um, what is an important factor with box office is that uh, first week or so of um, uh, of sales is kind of the most important week, mm-hmm. um, and because what happens is that the studio gets the most money from the screenings in those first few weeks of release. Yeah. So they want to you know, make sure that uh, they're capitalising on it in those first few weeks to get the most money in. And because Disney also dropped it onto Disney Plus, that meant that there was, you know, there was $60 million worth of um, Disney Plus was was bought mm-hmm. and so uh, – but that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, there was uh, that many people that were paying 35 bucks to see it because – because you're screening it in your own home, there could have been uh, people there that were watching it with two people, three people, ten people, twenty people, thirty people possibly. I don't mm. know, but it, it means that. Uh, and when you get on Disney Plus, you can watch it over and over and over again. And some people like myself and Cat with this with uh, Marvel films before, we'd see them sometimes in the cinema two and three times. Yeah. So when you put it into that kind of context, you're you're looking at the amount of money that uh, Scarlett Johansson wasn't going to make from from Black Widow yeah. that she was contractually um, contractually she should have made that that money. Mm. Now. She is suing uh, Disney for kind of breach of contract because they didn't stick to releasing it just in theatres but also release it on Disney+. And so uh, it, it's, it sets an interesting precedence because uh, I believe I've heard rumours that Emma Stone is also possibly looking at uh, suing as well and possibly Emily Blunt is as well. Uh, the only person who isn't is The Rock. <laughs> he, was, he was quite happy. It's interesting though. It's hard because what if it wasn't released on Disney+. Plus? Well, that's the thing. Is like, if it wasn't released on Disney Plus, mm. then that's whatever they make profit wise, yeah. they make yeah. because Disney is stuck to their deal, and so there is no more money to make. Mm. So you just get whatever your share of the profit is. That's what you get. Yeah, and you can't complain because you're sticking to the rules. Mm. But what Disney did was they changed the rules, but they didn't actually renegotiate the contract. Ah, okay. So it was the lack of communication with with the contract potentially. Exactly, yeah. Because I'm just thinking, I mean, less people are going to see it if it's not dropped on Disney because no one's going to the movies in in the US Mm. or anywhere and people – and there are people who won't pay $35. Uh, But I guess if it's about it – Changing something without first having a discussion or renegotiation, that's a different story yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because mm. the other side of it is uh, HBO Max is uh, releasing the the Warner Brothers films. So Suicide Squad will be on HBO Max. And if yeah. you're in America, if you've got HBO Max, you can watch that for free. But anyone with a profit sharing like side of the the contract, they renegotiated with all those people Mm -hmm. to make sure that they were happy with the remuneration they were getting based on it being theatre and also HBO Max. Ah, okay. And that's what you should do. Like, you know, you can't just like change the – you know, change the rules and then just expect the the people who've signed those contracts to be happy about it. So, yeah, yeah but I just think it's a, it's a it's a learning curve for Disney. I'm pretty sure they'll come to some sort of arrangement with Scarlett and I think things will just uh, move forward. Yeah, and I wonder if there's also a bigger picture there as well with the, uh, you know, creative team behind the film. So anyone who worked on it, whether or not they were um, also they lost out. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's like uh, more producers and mm. some of the actors uh, get into that profit sharing side of things. Ah, um, I see. But yeah, I'm not, I don't think it goes down a line. I don't think like everyone... I just hate, like I just feel like, you know, $20 million is such a big paycheck, isn't it? Like, it's, I feel like I would never complain about that, but I suppose it's not the money, it's the... Um, I don't know. I yep. suppose it's the... You've got the principle of the The principle matter. of yeah, it, exactly. You, you've got the principle, but then you've also got to look at, uh, like, you know, 20 million bucks is a massive payday. Yeah. But the thing is with someone like Skye Hansen, she's she's a an industry. 
unto herself. And she's got to pay like, you know, people that, you know, work for her um, to as well. So it's not like she kind of gets 20 million bucks and goes, hey, it's in my pocket. Uh, If if all's going well, she's paying tax on that 20 million bucks. And then she's also, you know, paying for, um, you know, the the services she requires. I mean, she probably has to have like around the clock security and things like Mm, that. True. Because the kind of things that you give away um, when you're a celebrity – uh, you know, first off, you're, you're giving away uh, your anonymity mm. and everyone knows who you are. There's people out there who are just, you know, nutbags that are kind of obsessed with you. Oh, of course, yeah. It's just uh, – and then so you've got to, you know, pay to have a, a house so you can, you know, hide yourself away. It's horrible when you think about it, really. Yeah, it is, being a celebrity. And, mm. you know, you see them sometimes trying to hide and just cover their faces when they're out and just being bombarded and you just kind of think, well – wouldn't you do the same after a while? Mm. You know, it's fair enough to give fans what they want every now and again, but just to be hounded all the time would just be such a horrible concept. And I guess as a producer, which Scarlett, you know, Johansson Mm. is, as she would have, you know, um, staff, you know, as like personal assistants, people who take care of, you know, um, emails and things like that. So there's a, yeah, there is a big thing there. So there you go. But yeah, no, it's an interesting topic of conversation um, about films dropping mm. on, on streaming services and, yeah. Well, apparently Jungle Cruise is the last one that's going to be doing that because um, Shang-Chi is one of the next big ones that comes out and that's going just in the theatres. Mm-hmm. And I think Free Guy is in theatres as well, but it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, drop it into Disney Plus like sooner rather than later. Yeah. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Ah, oh, Unscripted, the film show. <laughs> Ah, oh, potentially Australia's longest running <laughs> film show. <laughs> I use the word potentially because we actually don't know. Yeah, we've just been around for a long time. It has. We yeah. should just say we've just been around for a really, yeah. really, really long time. But, um, you know, who do you come to to get all your movie news and watch not? Uh, there's podcasts out there, but are they as consistent as we are? No, no. no. Absolutely not. Are they as up to date as we are? Probably not. No. Although, although I do have a friend, uh, Nick, uh, from the After Dark Podcast Network, mm. uh, who does a uh, a film review show called Walking uh, Walking Movies. Love it. And what he does is he walks to the cinema talking about the movie he's about to see and then as he's walking back from the movie, he gives a review of the, the film. That's such a cool um, spin on things. Yeah. That's a really cool pre- – because, you know, what's great about that is those initial thoughts that come to you as you're about to see a film. So before you've seen it, you're thinking, what's it about? You know, it's got this person in it. So you've got those initial thoughts. And then you see the film and straight away you're dissecting it mm. on the spot. I think that's brilliant because I think that's such an authentic – way to hear about a film because those initial kind of thoughts. Mm. Well, I, I loved it because f- I listened to the first episode of, of that this week because I didn't know he was doing it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, and then he said, oh, yeah, I did it on Walking Movies. And I was like, Walking Movies? I should, yes. I so should go new, check it out. it's new, is it? Um, I think he's been doing it for a little – I'm just going to try and, and find out some details on my uh, phone but uh, without turning on. No, the um, episode f- – this week's episode was episode 14. Wow. Uh, and that was the Sparks Brothers – Jungle Cruise and the Suicide Squad. That's brilliant. I'd love to hear what he thinks about the Sparks yeah. Brothers. So I'm going to jump on that. Yeah. So Walking Movies starring Nick Soapdish. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> what a great concept. Yes. Yeah. Um, concept. But yeah, no, it was it was really good. But he on the way there uh, <laughs> said about Suicide Squad and saying that uh, oh yeah, I think Joel Edgerton's uh, reprising his role. So, Joel Edgerton's not in this film. <laughs> and then on the way back he was going, it was Joel Kinnaman. Oh, but that's the beauty of it because, yeah. like, you don't really know, do you, uh, when you're walking to a film? I mean, how many films do we go in to that we know nothing about? So Pretty um, much all of them. <laughs> pretty much all of them. But um, I love that. That's a great concept. Um, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, a film that I did see, though, uh, We Don't Deserve Dogs. And I, it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. And these filmmakers, uh, Matthew Soler and Rose Tucker, shot the film over about 11 months. Uh, oh, no, sorry, 13 months visiting 11 different countries, including Chile, Uganda, Italy, Turkey, Pakistan, uh, Nepal, Scotland. And their subject, dogs. 
And, you know, everyone loves dogs. Well, most people do. And you should love dogs. It's kind of weird if you don't. It's, uh, Even if you like cats, you, you like dogs as well. Yeah, They're not I'm cat people, sort of, dog people. There's, yeah. there's dog people who also like cats. Exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of presented as a uh, series of vignettes in which we meet people from around the world who have really benefited from dogs. So there were interviews with people from Uganda, for example, who had recounted these graphic memories of violence they've witnessed and some really shocking things. This poor girl had lost most of her family to these terrible massacres in which she describes her brother literally being chopped up, which I thought was horrendous. But she really tells how her dog, which she's adopted, has helped her deal with, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, all the emotional, uh, you know, the nightmares, everything that comes with that, which would be quite traumatic. So, you know, in addition to emotional support as well, the documentary also explores how dogs serve in professional roles. Mm -hmm. So uh, in Italy, for example, the filmmakers follow a dog through the forest as it seeks out truffles. (gasps) Oh, truffle hunting dogs. which Which is great. And truffle hunting dogs are... I mean, they used to use pigs and I think some countries still do, but I think dogs are a little bit more, I think they're faster, (laughs) probably faster at fighting truffles. So, uh, look, it's not quite the film I expected. I was expecting these tales of like heroic dogs, like pulling people out of fires and things like that. And we all know that they're capable of doing that and have done that. But this is more of a look at the simple and subtle ways that dogs have been able to influence people's lives on a daily basis. So, uh, yeah, it's a real subtle film. Uh, It looks more at the emotional support that dogs provide. But I think the beauty about this film is it's the way it's shot. Mm -hmm. Um, these beautiful shots at the beginning, there's this dog, homeless dog that's running through the streets of this country and he, you know, stops off at various places where, you know, people know him. Uh, so it's quite sweet. But if you love dogs and you just want a little bit of an insight into the way that they help people on an emotional level, it's a really sweet documentary uh, screening from Saturday. So this Saturday the 7th uh, to Sunday, August, uh, 15th of August at Luna Leaderville and the Windsor. So I think, yeah, grab yourself a coffee and a pastry and <laughs> watch, watch some dogs on screen. So uh, I'm going to score that one. Three and a half. Oh, little, um, little bows that you little put bows? in doggies. Doggies' uh, hairs after they've been groomed. Not that you really need to. Not that dogs really like that. But <laughs> they do look really cute when you've done it. So little fairy dogs. So Or little paw prints. Maybe three and a half paw prints. That's nice. more appropriate. So catch that if you can. Otherwise, I'm sure it'll make its way to streaming services soon as well. Yeah. I must I must admit they do uh, bring a lot of life to the house. Mm. Like yeah. the um, the I've got two uh, little chihuahuas at home. Yeah. <laughs> And you, you you come you come home from a a, a day or whatever, and uh, uh, they're they're there to greet you and stuff. It's very nice. Yeah, it's amazing that you can have a really bad day and you kind of pull up, and then you know that there's someone in there waiting for you. Yeah, just wagging their t- and they're always happy to see you. They're never not happy. Dogs, um, okay, they do want food, but they still love you and uh, still want to be with you. And their little waggity wag tails, so. Yeah, it's a beautiful documentary. Um, I wonder if they'll make one about cats, though. Yeah, I wonder what they they call that one. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, um, I think cats can be emotional support too. Yeah, they, they are more on their own terms though, compared That's to true. dogs. Like dogs are like you, you can pick them up and you can hug them and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, okay, and then let's do this. And but a cat's like, uh, no, 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 you can pat me, but on my terms. When I want to yeah. be patted. And if um, you pat them the wrong way, they'll have you. They will. They will bite you, they'll scratch you. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. We Don't Deserve Dogs. It's a new documentary. It's out in cinemas this Saturday, running through to August 15th at Luna Leaderville and the Windsor. But another film, also featuring not dogs, but rats. And a weasel. And a weasel. (laughs) Actually, yes, you're correct. And a a shark. And a shark, yep. uh, Is The Suicide Squad, which is the soft reboot of the uh, the first Suicide Squad, which I think was released back in 2016, or was that? No, maybe 2018. I might have my years very wrong. Uh, but it was panned. Let's be <laughs> honest. It didn't do very well at all. 
Uh, I didn't think it was too bad. But I think most most critics and, and most audiences didn't necessarily love the film. I can't remember what you thought about it, though. Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, the, the the first one wasn't really the the vision mm. of uh, of the director David. It was David Ayres was a director, um, and yeah, it was not really what he was he wanted. The the studio went in and like recut it and put together um, a version of it, and he wasn't really happy with Did it. Did he pick up the film halfway through? Um, no, I think he did it from the start. He did it from the start. But I just think that they, the studio had different ideas as to what they wanted for the film uh, compared to him. Right, uh, and it looks like it was back in 2016, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which is crazy. And it obviously had Will Smith in it, um, Margot Robbie uh, and others as well. Yeah, Joel Kinnaman was in that one as well. It was Rick Flagg and Jai Courtney was there as Captain Boomerang. Oh, and of course Jared Leto was, yeah. was in it and Cara Delevingne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Leto played the Joker and, yeah, okay. So 2016. But, yeah, it looked like it was panned. It had 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. So. And I think the um, uh, that you know, Jared Leto's Joker uh, was a part of the reason that people were so against it because his representation of him just wasn't what we wanted, yeah. I think. Although it was kind of a little bit redeemed in the Zack Schneider um, Justice League film. But uh, it's still, yeah, I think it'll go down in history as one of the uh, uh, least favourite of, of the uh, Joker um, appearances. But the, so I think uh, what DC saw was that there was still a good story to be told there, but it was just handled poorly mm-hmm. in that, that first Suicide Squad film. And like a lot of the... Um, yeah, the the people that were in the Suicide Squad were kind of villains being forced to do things, but the actual like bad guys in the film, it was a lot of faceless kind of minions, and there was just it just wasn't that great. And with a film called the Suicide Squad, um, where it's actually it's actually misnamed because you know they're not choosing to go and do this stuff. Generally speaking, they're being, you know, forced to go and do these missions um, and they're just expendable. So, Mm. you know, if they die, eh, if they live, then they get a few years taken off their sentences. Um, But it is an interesting concept of, you know, a black ops team made of criminals uh, that are expendable. And so when the opportunity came up to get a, a new director to kind of soft reboot the Suicide Squad and James Gunn got into a little bit of trouble um, for some past tweets that he'd done back when he was a trauma guy and was trying to be you know a bit uh, edgy and uh, and and put out some uh, some tweets which were you know dubious and and probably very uh, you know um, uh, very ill-conceived things to put out into the world because, as you know, anything you put out in the world, uh, somebody would be able to dig it up. And uh, it was at that time where, like, Roseanne had been fired from the Roseanne show and so right-wing people were trying to go after a left-winger and they targeted James Gunn and uh, yeah. it ended up with Disney saying, well, go away, we don't want you to direct the next Guardians of the Galaxy film. Uh, and so he went to – well, he didn't go to DC, but DC came in and went, excuse me, sir, um, <laughs> team movie, we've got the suicides. Would you like to direct that for us? And James said, yes, I would. Ah. And and so he, he did. But then, like, uh, the, the uh, end of that story is that Marvel came back to him and said, oh, by the way, could you also direct uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for us? And he <laughs> said, I will after I've done the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So – he did the Suicide Squad, and this is a, as we said, a, a reboot of the thing. So it's not like the first one kind of still exists, but uh, you can forget about it if you want. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't put too much thought into it. Um, but in this one, uh, you've got a. It, it is an ensemble cast, but mm. in the original one, you had Will Smith playing Deadshot, and originally they cast Idris Elba in this film, and he was going to play uh, Deadshot, so he was just going to be a recast of that character. <gasps> But then they thought, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll um, cast uh, him as another character so that way if Will Smith ever wants to come back, then that, that there's an opening for him. So he's playing Bloodsport 
and and Bloodsport, like Deadshot is a uh, marksman, and Bloodsport is pretty much the same thing, <laughs> but with a cooler mask. Um, so yeah, so you've got Bloodsport. He's being forced into uh, leading a team uh, because he's uh, his daughter got a bit of uh, argy bargy. Well, stole some stuff. And if he doesn't help him out, she's going to go to jail. And so he he joins the team to um, uh, you know do whatever is required. Uh, and this the whole um, movie is just one big kind of uh, it's it's like a, a bit like a war film mm. in a way. Like uh, it's not one of those things where. They go and do one mission and they come back and they go and do another mission and they come back. The whole film is just on mission and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very short space of time that you're actually working with. Um, so you got Idris Elba, uh, his team uh, is made up of Peacemaker, played by John Cena. Uh, you've also got Sylvester Stallone, who plays King Shark. Um, and who else was on his team as as well? Um, Alice Braga plays Soul. No, sorry, wait a minute, that's not right. I want Ratcatcher. Oh, there it is Daniela uh, Melkor plays Ratcatcher or Ratcatcher Two. Um, and also David uh, Dashmel uh, plays Polka Dot Man, <laughs> um, which I, I love the fact they put Polka Dot Man in a movie. That's that's amazing. He's he's actually a real. Superhero? Well, or was it just su- made up for this film? He's a super villain. Oh, super villain, uh, yeah. sorry, not yeah. superhero. And his and his powers anti-hero. Yeah. And his powers are polka dots. So uh, Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller. Um you've also got Jai Courtney who's back as Captain Boomerang as well. Uh Captain Boomerang. <laughs> um in the Guys of the Galaxy films, uh James Gunn's brother Sean plays Rocket Raccoon. So he plays the physical version of Rocket, and obviously Bradley Cooper is the is the voice. Yes, but he's also one of the, the he's the um, second in command, like to uh, Yondu. That Sean Gunn in this film he plays Weasel, which is this character that's a human sized weasel, <laughs> and is it's 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 weird, it's, it's awkward, weird. and it's very very cool. Um, then, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a really great cast. Uh, Michael Roker's in there as well. Peter Capaldi, Taka Waititi, uh, as I said, Joel Kinnaman's in there. John Cena, Margot Robbie, Peter Davidson. It's just like there's so many people. You go, ah, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. I know who she is. Ah, ah, ah. And the thing about I love about uh, the Suicide Squad compared to other comic book movies is there's actually stakes in this film. Because if you go and watch Captain America, you know Captain America is not going to die. Yeah. If you go and watch Iron Man, generally speaking, you know Iron Man's not going to die. But if you go and see Suicide Squad, people are going to die. And, <laughs> and you never know when or how. You never know when, you never know how, you never know who. And that's the thing. It's like you, you, you watch the film and you just don't know who's going to make it out the other side or if anyone makes it out the other side and so it's it's really it's really good so the um the story is that uh the suicide squad is uh going to this uh south american country uh the the south american country has just been uh you know there's a bit of a coup. The mm. the family that rules it a bit all being killed, and the uh, the the new ruling factions are possibly going to do some bad stuff uh, with a weapon of mass destruction. They've got housed in um, a big uh, tower, um, which is what was it? Ah, I'm trying to remember what the name was. It was a Norse. Oh. It was a Norse name. It um, was. It was. Um, it escapes uh, me at this time. Yeah. So, it's, but there's a. It's a Norse name, a uh, big tower, and there's something that is in there. And I think if you've seen the trailer, you know what's in there. But in case you haven't, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but as a comic book fan, it's one of those characters where you're going. I wonder if they'll ever be able to do this in live action because oh. that'll be pretty cheesy if they they can they do this in live action, and and they and they did, Ooh. and. And, uh, oh, man, I really want to say what it is, but I think if you don't know and you go and watch it, it's just like a, oh, my God, kind of moment. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, that's a good point because obviously I don't know a lot about these films and that kind of took me by surprise. I hadn't seen the trailer 
prior to it. So I don't know. And being it's just been released tonight, well, today. So I wonder maybe if we should keep it under wraps just in case someone's on their way to the cinemas yeah. now and they, and go, they oh, get no. angry at us. No, it's uh, Jodenheim is the name of the, the tower. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that was Cat. It was just producing you, in, in Thanks, the background Kat. there. Uh, yeah. But the, yeah, um, things to love about this film, uh, Idris Elba, amazing. <laughs> Actually, when you think about it, because you've, you've got, um, you've got uh, crossover stars who have starred in both Marvel films yeah. and DC in this. So Idris Elba uh, was Hemdell in um, in uh, Thor and now is Bloodsport in uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, you've got... Um, uh, Michael uh, Michael Roker, who played Yondu in mm-hmm. uh, uh, Guardians, is now Savant in uh, in Suicide Squad, um, and then uh, I think there was someone else in there as well. Oh yeah, of course. Um, uh, what's his What's his name? Who was in Ant Man and also in uh, uh, Dave Deschamel? He was in Ant Man. He's also in uh, Suicide Squad. Sylvester Stallone was in Guardians of the Galaxy, also in Suicide Squad. So you see a lot of crossover actors in here. But then you also get um, you know, actors that, you know, uh, oh, Jack, of course, Sean Gunn is another crossover one as well. <laughs> All these uh, actors that are a crossover. But then, you know, uh, he loves putting his brother in films, obviously. Uh, but then he also loves putting Nathan Fillion mm. in uh, films as well. So, uh, but Nathan Fillion is wearing a mask in this. I was going to say, I didn't see Nathan Fillion in this film. Yeah. But he's listed as a cast member. Yeah, Nathan Fillion was T uh, TDK. Ah, there you go. And so, yeah, you'll see you'll see him in the in the film. So, but yeah, it's just you know, uh, like I, I love that. But uh, yeah, Idris Elba as Bloodsport is is amazing. Like, um, I think uh, I think that uh, he has more gravitas mm-hmm. and more believability than Will Smith does. So I just really enjoyed the the character of Bloodsport, and you know it was like the 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 way he he kind of like uh, interacts with his daughter because it's not a a fatherly kind of connection there, but you know he he doesn't uh, you know he thinks the daughter's better off without him, but will still kind of do stuff for his daughter. So yeah, because he's doing all this really for her, mm. and then there's that really lovely moment between him and Rat catcher on the on the bus mm. where you know she's talking about her relationship with her father and he's kind of talking about his relationship with uh, his daughter and there's yeah that kind of sentimental moment that happens between them so you can tell there that he really does care mm. even though he doesn't necessarily show it uh because that that scene between him and his daughter at the beginning is quite funny and yeah uh, yeah, I, I think there's a level. He definitely cares for her. He just doesn't show it necessarily. Mm. So, um, but I really enjoyed Idris Elba in in this role. Mm. He was, was so great. fun to watch. Uh, Margot Robbie uh, was great again as uh, Harley Quinn in this film. Um, she has some real moments in this film, mm. like just. Just insane. It's it's great. Uh, John Cena as Peacemaker was. Yeah, we always have known that this guy's a good actor, but I think when you see him in this, yeah, you get to see so many different sides of you know the characters he can play, uh, and yeah, he's just just amazing. And I like that they have this um, competition between uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker as to who's the better killer. Yeah, they're they're kind of these two macho men playing it out, aren't they? Mm, they just mm. continually are trying to fight for this, you know, places at the top top guy, really, aren't they? So yeah. yeah, no, it's quite fun. And there's that really funny scene where uh, it was only a glimpse, but John Cena was wearing these kind of shorts and a, and a top that were just way too small <laughs> for him, and I just thought that was so funny. It was it was, it was ridiculous. It was it had a lot of laugh moments there. Uh, Michael Roker has has got the best character character arc in this film. Uh, I just, you know, he's the first thing you see on screen and, yeah, it's it's amazing what they do with his character. So, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to, I, I really look forward to actually doing a, a spoiler cast on this. But, um, yeah, but it was great that they brought back people from the original film and uh, I just, yeah, loved how this, this film progressed. But for me, uh, for my money, the, the best thing about this film and I just loved uh, entirely was King Shark. I just think that, he was fantastic. I felt sorry for him, though. I felt like he didn't get enough love. Yeah, yeah. And enough appreciation from, from the rest of the squad. 
Oh, I felt it, like he was just take you know, left behind. <laughs> I just felt so sad for him. I just wanted to give him a big hug. It it, it is a hard thing being a human sized uh, shark. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but he was great. Just so funny, like the lines and just the you know uh, situations he he gets himself in because. He's pretty much like the Hulk of the group, mm-hmm. like dumb, strong, uh, very vicious, uh, you know, because he actually eats people and stuff. And the Hulk's only done that every now and again. So, um, but no, I, I think King, King Shark was fantastic. This this film uh, is just one I want to get on, on Blu-ray, Blu-ray, Blu-ray and just watch over and over again and, and see. I'm sure there's going to be lots of special features and, and everything like that. It's just, oh... I, I just want to do a big spoiler cast because there was so much stuff in here so that, much to, to unpack. unpack. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I loved about this is that there, there were moments where it was violent, there were moments where it was funny, mm-hmm. there were moments where it was authentic and it didn't try, it wasn't unbalanced, there were, it wasn't trying to be too funny, mm-hmm. it wasn't trying to be too violent, it wasn't trying to be too sentimental but it just kind of fused those things really nicely where you didn't get too much of everything. You got a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. uh, which I really enjoyed. And, you know, speaking as someone who doesn't go and see these films very often, uh, didn't like the first one very much, uh, doesn't really like superhero or anti-hero villain films at all, um, I really, really enjoyed this. And I it's one of those films I sat through and I wasn't, thinking about, oh, when's it going to end? I was just enjoying the ride the whole way through and could not stop laughing. Had a great time. So I, I really liked it. That's great. And there is a cut scene at the, after the credits as well. Did you say for it? I did not. Did not? Oh, no, I don't think I did. Ah. Oh, no, I'm naughty. You got to st- I know. And, you know, I've been told time and time again and I've, it, yeah. <laughs> Film doesn't um, end until the lights come up. <laughs> I know. I should have, uh, yeah, um, I did flee uh, but that's okay. I will probably watch this again yeah. for sure. So, but the, the you mentioned the violence and the violence in this is so over the top and ridiculous that you know it's not like uh, gory or anything like that. Mm. It's just stupid over the top violence. Um, but yeah, I was just I think you know from start to finish, uh, it's a one of the best films that DC has done and and I highly recommend if you're a fan of comic book movies, of anti-hero movies, of superhero movies, go and watch The Suicide Squad because this is what DC needs to do more of. Oh, absolutely. Mm. With this kind of stuff, they could seriously outdo Marvel if, well, if they really, if they got more of this stuff out yeah. there. So what you're saying is what DC really needs to do to be successful is have Marvel directors. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? It um, does. It no, does. I really enjoyed this. I um, uh, Yeah, and no, it was good fun. Start to finish and, yeah, it, it's just a, it's it's so bizarre though seeing the 2016 Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and just coming from that to this and, yeah, just having this. It, it's, it's great. But, um, yeah, that, I really enjoyed it. Because that's like one of the worst DC films. This is one of the best. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just recently watched, in prep for all of this, was the, the Harley Quinn film too. Oh, yeah. I thought, I wasn't sure if there was anything in that film that I would need to know coming into this film. And I, because I had seen Suicide Squad, I thought, well, I might as well round it off mm. and see this one as well, see like all three of these. But there was nothing really in that film that you needed to know no. um, other than the fact that she's obviously, she's broken up with the Joker um, all of that jazz, but it's that's really a standalone film. Yeah. So, but you can pretty much come into this one as uh, without doing anything yeah, as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I know nothing about most of these characters mm-hmm. um, apart from Harley Quinn, and uh, that's really it. Only because I think she's just very popular yeah. in this world. Uh, but I quite liked her in this film. I didn't feel like she was over the top or anything mm. either. Uh, which, which was fun, so. But now you know Polka Dot Man, so. Oh, he's cool yeah. though. And so is Ratcatcher. I mean, seriously, I did not know that there was a superhero out there that could do that. And I can't remember the, f- it was the Ratcatcher the number one in the first? No. 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 So that must be a character in another film that I haven't seen. No, no, no. They just, they just. Uh, just went straight to Ratcatcher yeah. 2. Yeah. And then they gave the Bat story and gave him ah. a reason to have Taika Waititi in the film. Who must be Ratcatcher, the Ratcatcher yep. then. 
Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Because I love rats and a lot of people don't. So I think to have a superpower where you could uh, control rats, get them to do what you want, and to have a little rat with a jacket that sits on your shoulder and cuddles up is fun. And the fact that Idris Elba's character was quite afraid of rats made it all the more fun to watch. It was kind of, yeah, it was, it was kind of like he was the baby Groot. The, the rat yeah, was the baby Groot of the, the baby movie. Groot. You need to have these characters because I thought we were going to end up with that weasel the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, oh, I just don't know about that. But the, weasel, the weasel is great. But I, I, cool. I, I'm going to give this one... Do I give it four and a half or do I give it five? It's a tricky oh, one, isn't it? I, I, did, did, I can't think of anything I didn't like in the film. So there was a very brave film. It, it's the kind of, if you like Deadpool, I think you'll love this film. Mm. Uh, I am going to give uh, this film five starfish type things. Ooh, <laughs> ambiguous. Mm. Uh, I'm going to score it four and a half. Ratties, little rats. <laughs> I have to give it. I mean, I know that's so obvious now, but, um, you know, rats, they're great. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So many films. Uh, the Suicide Squad is out today in cinemas. Do go and see it on the big screen. Highly recommended from us uh, with our scores of uh, four and a half and five respectively. So, yeah, definitely check it out on that big massive screen if you can. Uh, we are getting towards the end of the show, but as usual, we do have a few minutes to um, <laughs> tangent. <laughs> if, if you like. So um, do you have anything that you need to get off your chest or nothing? Um, <laughs> this is the part of the show where we've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> well, I'm going to plug um, uh, Apple TV, Apple uh Apple TV Plus today again, um, just because they've got such good shows on there yeah. at the moment. Like um, you know, Ted Lasso uh, season two started, yep. and so I've watched the the first episode. Of that that's just a good show, like mm. to watch and just you know, you just feel better for watching it. Uh, and then they've got physical as well, um, ah. which is kind of it's interesting because on one hand you got Ted Lasso where you got a a guy that's incredibly hard to dislike, and then in physical. Um, the, uh, the the main character is so unlikable, but you just yeah. got to keep watching. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that uh, that dichotomy they've got there. Um, also, uh, Schmigadoon as well. Uh, I got to I've got to meet. Got to got to keep watching that. The only downside I can say with that show is that it promises Martin Short and doesn't deliver enough. Oh, okay. He's only in the first episode and only for maybe twenty seconds. Oh, I hate when people do that. They promise people in things and they just show up for a very brief moment. Ah. Oh. I, I love Martin Short and all his Canadian glory. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, I've been trying to find new things to binge but haven't been overly successful. I hate to say that I've actually been watching Family Guy. <laughs> really? Family Guy? <laughs> Which is so stupid because it's silly. Let's be honest. It's yeah. not great. It's um, poor taste. It's But I just sometimes need to unwind and that's the thing that's working for me at the moment. Do you, do you, are you a fan of Seth MacFarlane? Oh, look, I, I have to say I think some of his jokes are terrible, <laughs> but I have to admit I do find myself laughing at a lot of things yeah. in Family Guy. Uh, but I just finished watching Bob's Burgers, which I'm, I'm waiting for the next season to come out. I don't know when that will be. So I'm, I'm in a cartoon phase. Isn't there a new series that's starting with the, from the people from Bob's Burgers? I think Burgers? you might be right, but ah. I'm in a cartoon phase. I just yep. want to watch animation at the moment. Well, uh, on Netflix they've just dropped the um, – uh, Masters of the Universe, I think it's Revelation. Ah. Um, Kevin Smith produced it and wrote some of the episodes and also Mark Bernard and one of his uh, mates wrote some as well. Um, and there's other people writing, I don't know who they are. Um, but it's taking off, you, you remember, Mark, well, you were born then, but in the 80s there was the Masters of the Universe uh, series and that finished. And this is kind of like taking up after the Masters of the Universe series. Right. But... When you know how I was talking about with Suicide Squad, how there was no stakes in Suicide Squad, uh, because you know they're not going to kill the main characters. Oh, Dolph Lundgren was he? In, oh, the live action. That version was a live action picture. version. Yes, ah. yeah. 
that um, the in uh, He-Man in the Master Universe, you'd watch the, the animated show, and and week after week, there'd be you know no one would get injured and no one would die. Yes, there's literally no stakes to cartoons back in the eighties, but. When they made the the new Masters of the Universe, they decided, well, what if, you know, people did get stabbed and what if people did get killed? And they're not shy in, in killing people off. Uh, pretty pretty major main characters get killed off in the first episode. Um <laughs> So I'd recommend like you know having a checking it out because it it kind of like in He Man and the Masters of the Universe your main characters there were of course Prince Adam who became He Man right and then side characters you had Teela and you know Teela was a warrior in her own right and everything like that but never you know really got her moment to shine because she's always going to be second fiddle to He Man might not be the case with this new Masters of the Universe show is what I'm saying. So, yeah, if you're a fan of Teeler, I think maybe you should give it a crack. I might. I might. I'm just, yeah, really into animation at the moment. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's so easy to watch mm. and, um, yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, you can't take it too serious. Well, you can't Have you serious. watched Rick and Morty? I have watched Rick and Morty <laughs> and I do enjoy Rick and Morty. Uh, it's great, great fun. Great. So, yeah. Uh, and they're easy to watch. You can just pick up wherever. Mm, There's mm. no really overarching kind of themes throughout or any storylines that you have to be particularly, um, you know. Well, a lot of, like, I mean, Family Guy and stuff like that, it's it's really like self-contained shows. Yeah. Like they don't – one doesn't lead into the other. So you yeah. can kind of like jump in wherever. Um, we, uh, Kat and I uh, recently uh, started watching uh, or re-watching uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yep. I don't know. I don't think we actually started from the start. I just think I just threw on an episode and we just started watching from there. Um, but yeah, we finished that on the on the weekend. Uh, but uh, did, did you watch How I Met Your Mother? I I didn't watch it from start to finish. I did watch bits and pieces, know the premise, kind mm. of know the characters a little bit. But yeah, I never actually watched it from start to finish. But you know, it is one of those shows that you can kind of just tune in and you know kind of what the premise is mm-hmm. about, but still enjoy episode to episode as well. But it was so. Like when you watch that 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 show, yeah. it's so sad at the end. And then if you've watched it before, and then you 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 know what's coming, it's kind of like you see things differently in the last few episodes. Yeah, you do a bit mm. of a spin on things. Mm. Hey, when you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So I actually can't remember. I think I looked it up what happened at the end because I never actually <laughs> got around to watching it. But, but it's amazing. It's amazing though when you do watch it because the the kid bits in the in the show because you know how it's like you know, kids did I ever tell you about yeah. yeah those bits were filmed like in the early 2000s yeah. and then they also filmed the end kid bits where they say stuff that refers to what's going to happen at the end of the show and it's like they knew what the end was all the way at the beginning which I love yeah. the fact that they weren't just like going, oh, well, we'll just you know, see how this goes. They were like, they had a premise, they had a beginning, they had an end. Yep. They filled out the middle. They didn't know it was going to go as long as it did. I think it was like eight or nine seasons. Yeah. So they just kind of had to keep on you know, pushing it figuring, out a bit. Yeah. Figuring things out. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal for that. But I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting show. And like, uh, if you want something that's, Mind numbing, or, or that stuff you can just it. put on in the background. <laughs> How about your mother? Is 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 that kind of comfort food? Excellent. Well, that does us for another week. We'll be back again uh, next week talking about. Uh, I know when Net is out for sure, and I think there might be an opportunity to see the uh, Liam Neeson ice film uh, a little bit early. So we might better talk about that. Excellent. Uh, but uh, that's us, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.